0: Hi guys, welcome to Babe Gains. I am so excited. I'm here with Dr. Montoya today, Dr. Monica Montoya. She's a naturopathic doctor
1: here in Monterey. Uh, Monica, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure, sure. So um, I have been practicing in Monterey since 2013, and I have my own practice. I'm um, working here at AccuBloom. We're located on Cass Street um, with a few other practitioners. Um, I love doing integrative medicine, and and I have a practice that's pretty wide um, in terms of the different um, Uh, conditions I treat but I definitely do a lot with hormone balancing. Um, Hormone balancing is so important in knowing what's interfering and contributing to our hormonal changes and how that impacts our health so um, that's what I'm doing here. I also love working with genetics and and I always bring that into consideration when we're dealing with different um, conditions and how people react differently to different stimuli or lack thereof.
0: Yeah, and that's why we're here today. Um, Our main focus is going to be women, stress, and hormones. Um, And I'll start off by telling you guys about how I came to find Dr. Montoya, and that was through my own issues with that. Um, So as a lot of you guys know, I'm a former bikini competitor, um, have put my body through a lot, and also been through just a lot of major life changes and stress in the past 10 years. Um, And I reached a point after my last competition where things just felt off. Um And a big thing that I found was they weren't medically recognized. Um, And this is like where I feel it's so important for a naturopath to come in. Because if I were to go to a doctor, they would do really basic blood work and say, you're fine. Meanwhile, I was super depressed. I felt like my blood sugar and sleep were really off. I was really bloated and moody. Um, I just felt like my stress resilience was really low. Like I was triggered emotionally really easily by the smallest things. Um, And when I talked to this medical professionals or people in general, I felt really dismissed. And when I came and saw Monica, um, the big thing was I felt really heard and validated. um, And she gave me tools. We started doing some more in-depth blood work. And instead of looking for, you know, things that were obviously super wrong, what I loved was you were looking at like things that were a little off, you know that might show that there are some underlying problems. So you want to talk about that and sort of the diagnosis you came to
1: through our work together? Sure, sure. So um, first of all, knowing a person's background is ultimately so important. And you know, most of the information that we we get for, as providers from our patients what they tell us, what they're experiencing, what their symptoms are, and how they're responding to different stimuli. Um, those things can really tell something. In fact, it, it's the biggest part of the picture. Labs are important to validate. But, but really, it's how the patient is presenting. And, um, you know, adrenal fatigue is, is a really interesting topic, and it's not really widely recognized in, in Western medicine as a condition. Um, however, we have really clear patterns on how people's adrenal health can really change depending on how, um, how much stress they have, how constant that is, and how well that we're able to adapt. And so we have different phases. Of, of that process of adrenal fatigue or that breakdown of adrenal function that happens again, depending on how constant the stresses and how we handle it and how our body adapts to it right yeah. it's all about adaptation this is what the stress response is this is what hormones are for it's for adaptation you know being able to react appropriately to changes in our environment you know what sort of signals we need that's what homo- hom- hormones are these they're these tiny little molecules that are essentially governing your cellular activity on how to react based on what's happening in your surroundings and environment and what things um are sort of alarm signals for this like what did you
0: see in me that showed you something was off and what would you um
1: tell people to look for well um so it, so whenever you have constant levels of stress and stress is a really wide wide um blanket of of what that is you know it could be you know that you have a lot of stress in your job it could also be like what you're doing for your fitness right so and and usually that's um going to be dictated by our glucose levels so when you're in exercise, and if you do intense exercise, prolonged and continuous uh, exercise impacts your blood sugar levels mm-hmm. because you, you need sugar in order to produce energy, in order mm-hmm. to have that um, drive in your muscles to perform like you're you're asking them to. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person who's, who's under greater levels of stress, again, whether that's, you know, you're, you enjoy your exercise, even still, your exercise demand is going to shift your blood sugar levels. And so when your blood sugar levels start to go down well the body's response to that as it senses that right that sense there's a sensory in the brain because sugar is the number one um uh desired uh uh, energy um energy molecule for the brain so when the brain feels that signal dropping it goes down a certain level then it's going to send a signal to the adrenal glands to produce more cortisol Mm. so cortisol then one of its jobs of course that takes us into our fight or flight mode but the biggest thing is that it will signal the liver to produce more sugar we have mechanisms mm. in our body it's so sugar isn't just based on what we consume mm-hmm. it's also it can also be produced in the liver it's called gluconeogenesis yeah so so then that stimulates your body to make more sugar then it goes up and then your body feels better yeah but that doesn't mean you haven't suffered the effects of having that, you know, cortisol push. Yeah. You know. And and mine
0: was showing up which was interesting as very high fasted blood sugar in the morning and mm-hmm. we noticed that my insulin was flagged. So was it because I was pushing myself so hard that my body just wasn't producing
1: properly? Well, so that's sort of yet to be discovered in, in your case, but what mm. we do know for sure, right? So, so just the normal patterns of like our blood sugar fluctuations, again, if you're, you have a high metabolic rate because you have a lot of physical activity or that's just a natural state for you, those blood sugar levels are going to drop in the middle of the night mm. um, because you're not eating. Mm -hmm. Right. During the day we get to eat if we feel hungry, you know, we feel those signals. And I would wake up in the
0: middle of the night hungry
1: all the time. Yep. So, and then you'll get that surge of cortisol. So oftentimes Mm. too, people will not sleep very well. And really you'll see a constant pattern of people waking between two and 4 a.m. They'll either wake feeling anxious, their heart racing or hungry. Yeah. All three for me. (laughs) Yeah. So, so again, that's just that stress surge in the body, and then your sugar levels will go up, and that's why you get these higher levels in the morning. Mm. Now, with your insulin levels being low, it's it's it it because you're a a a you're you you you're a healthy person, you eat well, you exercise consistently. We often see people with lower insulin levels in people with high fitness levels, such as yourself. Yeah, but there's also that question is. Of, you know, because your sugar levels were going so high, um, is that because you actually aren't producing enough insulin? Mm-hmm. So that's still something that we need to discover for you in particular.
0: Yeah. And what was fascinating to me is, you know, I was, when I was researching it, kept coming up is pre diabetic numbers. Yeah. And I think we only as- associate insulin problems and blood sugar problems with someone who's very unhealthy or overweight. But yeah. I think there's such an underlying world especially in health and fitness where we are pushing too hard and creating health issues that aren't seen or
1: recognized because you look healthy on the surface exactly right so that's where the symptom presentation is so important because being somebody who is in fitness and really pays attention to their nutrition you know it could be kind of shrugged off. Oh, you know, you're just stressed. You're fine. Just yeah. get some rest where really there's something happening. Your, your, your body's in these stress phases. And, and, and there's the second phase of adrenal fatigue where even if you're relaxed, they'll still be pumping out mm-hmm. stress hormone. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, you, that'll usually look like you're anxious all the time. You might have high blood pressure or headaches, yeah. you know, things like that. But again, everything in your regular blood work will, might look totally fine. Maybe some higher blood sugar. And you you made me feel so good because so many people were telling
0: me just to stress less. And you said something that was like, just made my heart explode. (laughs) You're like, you physiologically can't right now. Like you physiologically can't handle stress properly. Yeah.
1: So the further down the spectrum of adrenal fatigue you go, the less resistant to stress you are mm-hmm. so, and many, and I see this more so with women because, um, you know, women have high demand lives. They're moms. They mm-hmm. they they're in the workforce, and they still, you know, take care of much of the household. So you know, t- you know, moving into perimenopausal time and stuff like that, like, you know, this can all look like chaos. You know, yeah. and um, you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. In, there's weight gain and it's like, why is this happening? And I'm doing nothing different. Um, uh, or even can't, can't really handle stress the way that they used to. So I say less resistance to stress happens. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas when we were in our 20s, we might have been like, oh, not a problem. Like, yeah. I'll just breathe through it or whatever. Well, it becomes less and less um, easy to be able to just do that, to just turn it down and just say, oh, just stress less. It's really almost
0: offensive because it's a real thing. And I see this with so many women. And then what really scares me is not only are they dealing with this real, these real health issues with, you know, their underlying symptoms, um, in turn, because they're gaining weight, because they're doing this, they will diet harder and exercise more.
1: Exactly. Which just contributes to the problem and worsens it yeah. even more deeply. Yeah. So, you know... There's so many things to consider, you know, and and working with somebody like yourself who can understand these things and body types and, and, um, you know, everybody's really different in how they handle stress and how they handle their nutrition. You know, some people will do better with a lower carb diet. Some people's constitution need more carbohydrate support. So knowing that is ultimately entirely important when you're working towards finding right body balance for yourself. That's so true. It's so individual. And we do live in this era
0: of magic diets and formulas when it it is so, so
1: individual. Absolutely. That's why not one singular plan is going to have a hundred percent success because everybody is so constitutionally different. Number one. And number two, what people are going through in their lives. Thus, you know, what is their hormonal state doing at that time? Women in particular, once we start um, dropping our hormone levels, our estrogen and progesterone, our insulin resistance starts to go up. Mm. So that there's a massive change in carbohydrate metabolism during perimenopause that happens, and this is why we'll, you know, think there's things like the menobelly belly issue. Suddenly, mm. even though you're having the same diet and lifestyle, is not your, but you're having you know, great change. Yeah. And usually it's in the belly and cortisol yeah. is classic for weight gain in the abdominal region.
0: And again, I think a lot of those women are like, okay, well I have to go on this crazy diet and like I have to
1: starve myself more
0: and do cardio, which is probably to
1: make your cortisol worse. Yep. So all of these things too is so important to consider when you exercise. It's like it's not the harder you work, the better the gains. It's not the case. Thank you. It never really was. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, we thought that to be so, but yeah. the more the, the 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 more we push our ourselves with exercise, the greater um, amount of stress will happen to your body, and that really takes away from fat burning metabolism. Yeah. Whereas if you did. You know, again, you know, finding what's right for your own constitution is important. But in general, if you could have an intensity period, kind of like high high intensity int- interval training, mm-hmm. right, where you're working out intensely in multiple, you know, muscle groups mm-hmm. in a shorter period of time, yeah. 15, 20 minutes, yeah. is much more efficient and also contributes to lasting fat burning metabolism when you do it that way versus if you go for an hour jog. Yeah. You know, and then, but even with high
0: intensity, like there's a time and a place. Like I know, when my adrenals were super depleted, I could not do a high intensity exercise to save my life. Like, right. and I remember telling you, I was like, all I want to do is walk and Yin yoga, and you were like, perfect.
1: Yep. <laughs> well, and that's where listening to your body is so important. We um we're in a in a different era where our lives are go go go, and there's the glorification of busy. And, um, but that leaves us disassociating from what our body's telling us. Mm-hmm. And rest is just as, as important as work. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that rest and recovery are doing more of these lower intensity exercises, such as a gentle stroll or restorative yoga breathing exercises, stretching, like that helps t- your body to better metabolize your cortisol levels, which is so important. Yeah. We also have to consider, right, like many of us are living these lives in in fight or flight, high stress, like all day, every day, mm-hmm. where really we're only evolved to need that for not even a minute. That's like if a tiger's coming after us, that's to help us to survive. We're not meant to live at that level. It's actually toxic for the body to have these stress levels at high levels, um, these stress hormones at high levels for a continuous period of time. And and we do, and that's the average.
0: And, you know, as women, we're expected to, you know, have a successful career, have kids, you know, mm-hmm. do everything in the home. Like there's all these expectations, which I, I fight and don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we, in this life that we have now and with phones and social media and having people have constant access to us, um, how do we step back from that and take care of ourselves?
1: Well, one is absolutely making a commitment to self care mm-hmm. and and that's so hard for so many people and particularly women, because we're caretakers. Yeah. you know we're not all the same but but you know there's just this caretaker mechanism sort of ingrained, yeah, and also just the way it's set up in society so if we can make a commitment to our self care then you can start to take the steps of learning what it means to have self-care for yourself. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things is learning how to slow down enough to listen. Yeah. Our body talks to us all the time. We just kind of shut it down, you know? Because I have to so like, I have to keep doing this, I have to keep going, yeah. I still have to go get the kids, I still have to go do this. You know, But but that time to just breathe, mm-hmm. relax, shift our nervous system, um, so the time to um, shift and um, allow ourselves to actually rest uh, shifts our nervous system from the sympathetic t- to the parasympathetic. It's all about rest and digest. We process better. But again, it's all about learning to listen. So mm-hmm. if we stop long enough to listen, right, where are my aches and pains? What a, you know, what are my energy levels? Am I anxious? Am I depressed? You know, so then, you know, It's all about listening and then finding help too. So, you know, oftentimes we don't even know what to do for for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We can get to that point where we don't even know, you know, we don't even know how to eat right. We have ideas, right? But, um, you know, what we eat and uh, how we process that food also greatly impacts what stressors we have in our body. Inflammation. Inflammation impacts our stress levels. Um, If we have pain, that's also a stressor on the body. So, so many things contribute to stress. And so stopping to listen is so important.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think, like you said, seeking professional help when we don't know how to help ourselves. And that's been really big for me in the past few years. And it meant really prioritizing, you know, I'm going to spend less money on this so that I can spend more money on things that are going to give me long-term benefits. And I, I realized, you know, seeing you too, I really needed to seek out people who could hear me, validate me, and, and give me tools. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's different for everybody. For some people, it's going to be a naturopath. Some people might be going to see a trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, for some people, that might mean scheduling something regularly, like massages or yoga classes. But mm-hmm. we do need to make that time. And one thing I think about a lot is if we don't address these things now and if you're listening like I want you to take this to heart they turn into really big problems so can you talk about that like these might feel like oh you're stressed you're tired adrenals you know mm, I'll be fine I'll figure it out kind of thing but can you talk about some of the bigger things these can manifest into Mm -hmm. if they're unaddressed yes absolutely so
1: um the most one of the 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 best little lines i I love is that you want to listen to your body when it's at a whisper versus a scream Mm -hmm. um so you know the beginning stages of adrenal fatigue you just might feel yourself feeling like you're always stressed but you're still you still have the energy you know that energy might be artificial because it's really driven by the stress hormones but you might not even recognize that you're actually pretty tired Um, or your blood pressure levels might start to go up or you might start to have headaches um, or redness in the face, for example. But if that continues and it progresses, Then um, we see, you know, into the third phase of uh, adrenal fatigue, then we really start to see the breakdown of things. Um, Blood pressure levels go down such that you're having, you know, uh, orthostatic hypotension or you're just dizzy all the time. But also when your blood pressure is really low, you're more tired. Mm -hmm. Um, You will find yourself really sensitive to the impacts of stress. So you, meaning that you lose your resistance to stress. So, you know, in earlier you, years, you might have been able to handle certain stressful situations, no problem, but as you get older, it's less and less, and it kind of feels like you're going crazy because it's like, why is this happening to me anymore? Yeah. And it's because you're losing that ability to actually adapt to that stress. The effect, impacts of stress last lasts much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see immune issues begin to happen. So you might get sick, and it might be hard for you to um, uh, to get well from being sick, you might catch a cold, and it'll take two, three weeks for it to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have to note that uh, increased levels of cortisol suppress your immune system. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, people will find when they've come out of a stressful event, they'll get sick. yeah, And they'll get sick pretty bad. Yeah. And that's because now that the stress has grounded itself, the immune system can come in and start to do what was left behind. and mm-hmm. um, might be harder to fight off. Yeah. And... Too.
0: I- I'm curious about the link. I see so much um, with women, major thyroid issues, um, mm-hmm. you know, immune disorders. Um, I, I wonder, even I don't know this, like the the link between diabetes and stress, or is that more dietary? But I see these major issues, and I just wonder how strong that connection is, and how all these little things are whispers leading up to that bigger, right, scream.
1: So, um, um. So the thyroid, the adrenal glands, and the, our sex hormones, um, they they function all together. So when one shifts, that causes a, a another one of uh this the this the hormone systems to also also shift. So for example, prolonged stress levels will actually suppress your thyroid function. So mm-hmm. so your that that chronic stress can actually be the cause of your low thyroid, mm-hmm. for example, and um. So, you know, symptoms that you'll want to look for if you're having thyroid problems is um, joint pain, hair loss, brain fog, uh, depression, and even anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, you might want to sleep all the time, yeah. but maybe you can't. So there's the stress piece too. So stress yeah. hormones won't really let you get a good night's sleep. Um, and then what was the other one for the... so, so um, the- Autoimmune, like things like PCOS or... Right. PCOS, we have sort of a a little bit different of a a constitution for that, but Mm -hmm. it is definitely um, a condition in which stress actually tends to run quite high. Mm -hmm. You'll generally see higher um, cortisol levels. And um, higher cortisol levels, what that does is it suppresses a signal in the um, pituitary gland that helps you to make your estrogen and progesterone. Mm-hmm. And so when, when you don't have that signal to make those, for some women, that's going to increase how much androgen you make, androgens you make. That's like your testosterone, yeah. your DHEA. Um, DHEA comes from the adrenal glands, so that's one of the hormones that can go up when you're under high levels of stress because mm-hmm. it's part of the adrenal you know, circuitry, (laughs) if you will. And then what about the stress-diabetes connection? Right. So um, going back to just what the functions of cortisol, cortisol does increase the um, production of sugar in in the liver. Mm -hmm. And so um, depending on what your lifestyle is, if you already have uh, high high levels of... um... So... So, depending on your genetics, depending on your dietary habits, um, stress is just something that will contribute even more so to um, how you know your body metabolizes sugar mm. um, for a lot of people, particularly um, in your category like yourself. Uh, i I actually have a label for that that sugar I call it stress sugar mm. you know it's it's the the production of sugar as a result of your stress hormones, not from what's happening in the diet yeah so um I have actually quite a few patients like that, and they all kind of have that same you know they work hard, they exercise a lot they're highly active, and they actually will say I function better on stress mm. but you see that impacting their sugar levels, yeah, even though they don't really have that. And long-term, kind of they're not
0: going to function better because, like, all the symptoms we talked about. Like, I think yeah. I thrived on that for so long. I've always been highly successful. I've kept busy. But mm-hmm. the signs were so loud this time around yeah. that I was like, I can see long-term where this would go. And people would ask me, you know, are you okay? Like cause It was hard to explain what was going on. It's it's hard to describe and justify the whispers to other people when you're going, everything's just a little off. Right. But what I kept thinking about when I would say to people is like, I'm doing the work now so that I'm not dealing with a major health crisis later. And yes. that's, I just think, again, the driving point I want to get through. But to not just fear monger with that, um, what are some general things? And obviously, if people are noticing symptoms, they should get individually tailored help. But what are things every woman can do? Every woman can do to start um, avoiding these kind of problems or addressing the whispers when they come in.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, something very simple is is making sure you have a really balanced diet. Mm-hmm. So if you have nutrition that will cause your sugar to swing up and down, that actually stimulates your your stress response. When a sugar your sugar levels drop, that increases your stress response. Um, a big thing in our culture and probably around the world is coffee Mm -hmm. so coffee can be really beneficial but it's also an adrenal adrenal stimulator yeah so um having maybe one cup of coffee can be totally fine but having two three four maybe not two is okay depends on your constitution (laughs) yeah but you know three four cups of coffee a day that's just adrenal stimulation and that's not even considering what's happening in your life so really moderating what you do Mm -hmm. or how much coffee you take or what you put with it right do you put sugar in it that's going to make it worse but if you put some fat in it it might be a little bit better
0: and listening again because like someone like me i realized i'm better with zero yep it's not worth the anxiety
1: yeah exactly but
0: we're all individual i think some people can thrive on on two cups like you're saying Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely um and people might be used to that kind of stimulation Mm mm-hmm everybody's again it's really different how we adapt again it's all about how we're adapting to our environment both internal and external we can even create stress responses in our body you know just the 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 um how we worry Mm -hmm. how we make up stories so what it what is it what is it that they say that worry is a misuse of your imagination yeah it's really just like we're making up stories Mm -hmm. but if we sit and think about something that's scary or overwhelming, um, do we ever feel our heart race? Well, yeah. that's a sign that you're already stimulating a, chem- a biochemical shift or a response to what's happening in the mind, and that's not even what's happening in your real life. Yeah. So it's really important to have an awareness of your thought patterns. Yeah. Right. If you're somebody who um, is always worried, you know, then mm-hmm. it might be great to seek some help on wh- what what that is all about you yeah. know oftentimes we worry because we've had some trauma in our past totally you know and that's a whole other thing too there's so many people that have great trauma in their lives you know depending on what their living situation their family situations were and that's how we just we 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 grew up you know and that can affect you physically and that can
0: create a lifelong mm-hmm. stress pattern and I I saw some of that within myself and I think yeah healing is so many things and so many sides and for mm-hmm. me it was not only addressing the physical but the mental um yeah and then like learning mindfulness practices Mm -hmm. is something everyone can use but I do love what you're saying too about also assess your underlying you know story and what you can work through whether it's with a therapist or a counselor Mm -hmm. um I think that's super super key
1: right so getting a hang of how you think about things Mm -hmm. is so important um and will govern how your body reacts yeah. There's a simple thing of just breathing, just breathing, right? <laughs> so if we, you know, if, 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 and you should do this before we eat, it's a simple way to just turn and uh, turn the switch on the nervous system. Yeah. If you can take 10 breaths, um, 10 deep breaths with a prolonged exhale, that will shift you from the, the sympathetic into the parasympathetic nervous system. When you do that yeah. before you eat, you'll process your food better. When you do that, you know, when you're, when you are feeling stressed, just take a moment to breathe, Mm -hmm. you know, with
0: eating, I'd love to add, um, eating without distraction is one of the hardest things in the world to do, but there's such a direct link again with our stress levels and how we digest. Mm -hmm. So if you can eat in a calm atmosphere, and I know that's not realistic for everyone, but I will literally sit in my car you know, five, 10 minutes, put my phone down Mm -hmm. and eat my packed snack or lunch and that versus answering emails and texts and putting, keeping my body in that stress Mm -hmm.
1: state while I try to eat has been life-changing. Right. Or even just bringing joy. Right. So a lot of time, I mean, when we, when we eat a lot of time, we eat, we eat for social reasons, Yeah, but we're again, if we can bring some level of presence, that means we're grounded enough so tasting your food yeah. watching you know what what you're choosing to eat um so bringing the the um the the feeling of joy and mm-hmm. pleasure when mm-hmm. we eat helps with how we digest our food yeah which impacts how um if we digest our food well we'll have less inflammation yeah you know yeah and then with exercise um which I'm
0: always talking about because of my career in health and fitness um I would say it's super individual. What works for you and what works for another person. I have some clients who thrive on high intensity workouts that gets rid of their stress, and others that might exacerbate it. Mm-hmm. You know, myself included. Yeah. I've also found that working out around my cycle appropriately, like during ovulation, high intensity is great. During menstruation, Yin yoga is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so exercise. Would you say that? overall there's any general r- rules that would apply to most people or it's just so individual
1: um it's going to be individual so you know going back to some people they they thrive on higher intensity exercise and it helps to ground them mm-hmm. versus other people right so mm-hmm. and, and and this can be one of the symptoms that you'll see when you have um a deeper level of adrenal fatigue like mm-hmm. further along the spectrum of it is that um you don't. You're not. And you're not as able to execute yourself. Mm-hmm. And also the recovery. If recovery yeah. takes longer, then that's also another sign that you know things need to change a bit.
0: Yeah, because you should feel energized after workout, and that's how I check in with myself. If I'm feeling worse, if I'm feeling more tired, I'm like, okay, I pushed too hard today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes me two days to recover. I'm like, okay, we're gonna pull it back. And there was a time. Um, in my athleticism where I could push really hard and feel even better after, yeah. but my body was in a different state. And I think right. again, coming back to listen mm-hmm. and honor where you're at. And that's, that's yeah. going to be so different for us and be different at every stage in our life and every mm-hmm. stage of our health and yes. every season. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, but don't, I'd say don't try and fit, um, you know, any fitness mold. Cause I'll see, you know, I'm might be working out less intensely than some other, trainers or not being a full bodybuilder now and being comfortable with that um you know and i know a lot of people have marketed you have to do all these spin classes and intense cardio and run for miles and if your body doesn't agree with that do not like find what works for you find the amount of days a week that work for you if you just like walking for 30
1: minutes that's great yeah you don't have to do all the other stuff yeah I mean, I tell patients, if you can, everybody depends on where you're starting and stuff like that, but just even getting into the habit of of an easy walk. One, at the very least, you're increasing your circulation, which is really helpful. But secondly, it's a way to manage stress.
0: Yeah. So you said to me once, I was like, walking feels so good. And you're like, it's literally eating up your cortisol. And I was like, oh, I can feel that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much, Monica. I want to let you do a little rest and digest before you finish your work day. <laughs> thank you. Um,
1: do you have anything else you want to add? Well, um, just honor your body. And in, if you see changes, start asking questions. Um, there's so many people that are available to help that can help you kind of sort out all this information. Uh, and there's so much information online. and and And, you know, we can kind of get overwhelmed even with that. So finding somebody mm-hmm. to help you sort that out in particular with what you're going through in your body is so important because there's so many simple things that we can do to to help us um, get grounded again and to heal ourselves that doesn't have to be a huge investment um that's as simple as like i said breathing or getting your sleep right sleep is also a big big thing you know and there's again so much distraction that prevents us from getting sleep yeah um and getting to bed on time when it's more prime for our body to do that and there's also individuals too that, that you know they might do better on broken Blocks of time mm-hmm. of sleep, mm-hmm. but sleeping is so important. If you don't get enough straight sleep, you're going to increase your cortisol production. If yeah. that happens, also you're going to increase insulin resistance, and there you go, starts the that chain reaction of of moving into the diabetic realm. Yeah.
0: So master your, your foundations of health. Exactly. Honor thyself and ask for help. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Monica. If you guys do need any help, she is amazing. She's located here in Monterey. I'll provide her information or you can message me personally. All right, guys, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.